0: Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness performs live at the Fillmore in Silver Spring, Maryland, tomorrow night. I spoke to McMahon about his latest project, as well as his previous band, Something Corporate and Jack's Mannequin, and his inspirational cancer documentary, Dear Jack, about his own battle against leukemia. Hey, Andrew McMahon, hey, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP in Washington, D.C. Thanks for having me. Now, we are talking because you are coming to the Fillmore in Silver Spring on Tuesday, November 21st. So really soon, folks, you got to, you know, hop on, get your tickets right now and come see it. Um, now, I mean, so this when you do a this is, you know, under the Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, you know, label. You've had many labels over the years. But do, do you ever work in, you know, a couple something corporates, some Jack Mannequin stuff? Or is it mostly like I'm just going to do the new Andrew McMahon Wilderness album? Tilted the wind no more. Like, is it, is it mostly like that album start to finish? Or do you sprinkle in the other incarnations?
1: it's a pretty long set we play usually anywhere from 90 minutes to you know to an hour and 45 and 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 yeah it's it's i mean it's it's a little bit of everything i I mean obviously we're working a new record so i play i play a bunch of new new tunes in in the in the process and some older wilderness tunes as well but um yeah on any given night you know i'd say 30 to 40 percent of the set is is you know stuff from my previous projects as well Awesome. I love it. And, and how,
0: how rewarding has that, that new album been Tilt tilted the wind no more. I mean, are, are you, are you getting good reactions to it live when you play? It?
1: Yeah. The vibe's been really good. You know, it's like, it, it's always scary to put out new music and, and it has been ever, you know, ever since I started doing it 20 plus years ago, yeah. I think it gets a little more daunting, the more big records that kind of collect in the wake of, 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 you know, whatever I'm working at the moment. But, you know, I, I, i'll say man i'm i'm so proud of this record i i think you know like the other day uh we were kind of working stuff up in rehearsals and so it was just like kind of on my my uh on my phone when i got in my car and it, i just kind of like listened to it for the first time since kind of putting it out yeah and i'm i'm so proud of it and i'm and i'm and i've been really um i've been really excited to see the reaction that it's gotten from fans and um and it's you know the, the show is a, is a really great place for us to kind of educate people who maybe don't don't have the record um you know we don't beat them over the head with it we kind of spread we spread the new songs around in the in the mix of uh uh, of other you know hits or bigger tunes as well but uh but no it's been going really well
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, when I have some ever have someone like, you know, like famous like yourself on after we set the stage of the new show and everything, I love to sort of like hit pause and kind of move somewhat chronologically because your your songs are like so autobiographical that it kind of works to kind of paint the picture of, you know, the whole journey as well. Like, so I know you're born in Massachusetts in what, 82, but you your family moved around a lot, right? Like Jersey, Ohio, ultimately settle in California. But like. What sort of like music did you listen to growing up? I know you taught yourself piano, but yeah, like what were the, what was like the early vibes for you?
1: When I was like a little kid, I mean, it was, you know, Michael Jackson and <laughs> Simon and Garfunkel and, yeah. and, uh, you know, Bon Jovi, um, you know, as I kind of, you know, as I kind of, as I got a little bit older, it was a lot of the stuff that my brothers and sisters were listening to I'm the youngest of five kids. So yeah. R.E.M. and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and U2, like those were kind of, you know, the big records in my house. Fleetwood Mac, um, my parents' music, you know, Elton John and Billy Joel. And, um, you know, I, I I think as I started, I started writing songs when I was nine, you know, and, and so I kind of leaned on the great piano players early on. You know, it was like and Bruce Hornsby was really big at the time and, um, you know, it, but I'd say eventually I kind of and I, as I started like find, finding my music, it was, you know, bands like you know Pearl Jam, and then it was uh, uh, the Counting Crows and and Cheryl Crow and and you know like kind of some of the more like coffee shop indie music of like the early nineties, yeah. um, you know, and. Um, you know, just it just grew from there. Bands like Ben Folds and uh, Ben Folds Five and Weezer, uh, uh, um, you know, were, were were sort of the ones that started creeping Radiohead. You know, as I got into my teen years and stuff.
0: I love it. I love always love hearing the influences of you know where the great artists like yourself because you're you're a musical genius. My wife agrees. <laughs> uh, she actually got me into your music. But uh, tell so all right. So from there, then. um Take me into, you know, the formation and, and you know, the, the something corporate, the original sort of iteration of your music like that was. Wait, didn't you guys all meet in high school or something? Because I know you went on to do yeah. Warp Tour and tour what Newfound Glory. I think you toured with them. But like, how did that actually come together? I think you all met like in high school, right?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, like I said, I've been writing songs, you know, ever since I was a little kid. And and there wasn't really a huge outlet for like, you know, being a songwriter when you're in, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old, there was no, you know, there was no internet, there was no, uh, social media. It was like, you know, I would sing in the drama room at school, you know, like that, like, like, so I, you know, I would kind of hung with like some of the theater kids was sort of like, like where I would get, like, get that itch scratched, so to speak. Um, and then there was a, there was a battle. The bands went up my sophomore year of high school and i was like oh well shit maybe i can start a band <laughs> and and so i i uh the first iteration of something corporate began my sophomore year of high school then sort of reformed um with a new new guitar players coming in one of them being josh who, who was kind of the co-founder of something corporate with me um and yeah so we reformed in my junior year for another battle of the bands and that was that like you know people really took a liking to the music in our school and then you know, we had, you know, one of the guys was from a, a neighboring school. So we kind of had this, this, um, you know, this, this, this way in to a, a lot of like the local Orange County high schools because we, we knew people everywhere. So we started playing, you know, lunch hours at the, at the, in the cafeteria, you know, we play the cafeteria we play at the middle school, we do a show at a church. And it just, by the time we got to like the end of my senior year, the band had gotten pretty big. And and we were signed the the following year after I graduated. That's so awesome. Uh, awesome. Well, then of
0: course, but the thing that I and and most of us will know you for then of course is your next you know iteration is is Jack's <laughs> Mannequin. Uh, that was I guess started in like o four I think. Um, That's right. memories of everything in transit was like a seminal album for so much of, you know, our generation, uh, dark blue was like the, probably the most famous one that you maybe have you know, would be played around radio or something. But then there was other one you know, like holiday from real, you know, a mm. n- so- few songs paint a can transport you like you're on Venice Beach. Like I can just see, you know what I mean. Like you, it, 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 it tra- it's a transporter type song. Uh, it sort of sets the time. It's a time and a place. Um, but yeah, just memories of of putting that whole album together, everything in transit because it means so much to so many people, like that generation. That that's it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it means a lot to me too. Uh, you know, it was really sort of accidental at first. You know, I, I the band, but my. my by something corporate bandmates and I we were all kind of burnt out. We had made you know, three records in i want to say less than three years had been on the road any any moment that we weren't in, in the recording studio. um and we just kind of got to the point where we're like, love you, but like let's not see each other for a minute. you know, like right, let's right, just right. take like a let's take a minute. Josh um had actually he was first to kind of go like, I'm gonna start another project and just like do a little side project. And so I found myself sort of as I was writing new music not knowing what I was going to do with it. Like if I wasn't going to hang on to it and wait for another something corporate record. And so I just kind of, I started by just kind of going to the studio where I recorded all the something corporate records with the same producer um, and just started to like demo my new music, you know, and, and, and there was something like very freeing about being, you know, you know, only a couple guys in a studio, just like really having only, whatever was available there like so you know we didn't have any we didn't have a drummer so we would like pick up um we'd pull reels off the shelf and just like you know and and just dump drum sessions from other records into yeah. into a pro tool session and cut the drums up so that they worked as the beat you know like uh for 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 the demo and then the demo started kind of sounding really good you know it was just like we yeah. you know we did one and it was like oh this is kind of cool it sounds super different and And by the time I was like a few songs into it, it was like, wow, this like feels, it feels like something, you know, um, it sounds fresh. It it sounds like, uh, something I haven't done before, it sounds like whatever the music is in my head, what it's supposed to sound like. And, um, and I just kind of never looked back. I just drained my bank account (laughs) recording these songs and, and, um, you know, it was like a, I was kind of going through the breakup with the band. I was going through a breakup with my girlfriend. I was, you know, I was, I was young and like sleeping on floors. Kind of, Rent's high. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, so, sort of. You know, like I actually like I I what I I had I I spent all the the something corporate money that I had and bought like a little condo and moved all my friends into this house with me. So yeah. we had this kind of like this. Kind of yeah. party house that we called Good Times, and and love you know, it. And it, it just I had a, I had this immense amount of freedom and a lot of time to just sit at the piano, and I would just I would live, write, run to the studio, and I'd rinse repeat, you know, and that's yeah. that's how I got to that record.
0: Oh, I, I love hearing I love hearing the behind the scenes. It's a great record.
1: Thanks, um, man.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
1: Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends.
0: Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Just mostly for the sake of time and a personal story I'm going to share, cancer-related. Um, I'm going to sort of combine Glass Passenger and, and the Dear Jack whole documentary and everything. Um... My wife had a friend that asked her to sing "Spinning," your song "Spinning" from Glass Passenger, at at their wedding because that was apparently their Jack their Jack's Mannequin song that got her friend through cancer. Yeah. Then, um, fast forward to about a, this time last year, actually, my wife got diagnosed with cancer. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Man. While we were, thank you, um, we while we were waiting to, you know we figure out whatever staging it was. You know, we had a a Johns Hopkins appointment coming up. This friend that had asked her to sing spinning sent your doc, a DVD of your documentary, Mm -hmm. um, dear Jack to us. And it really, I don't even want to just say inspiration. It was motivational. Like it was like, okay, we watched you roll your sleeves up and get through leukemia Mm -hmm. and, and and sort of motivated my wife to sort of do the same. So thank you on a personal note for that. Um, in terms of the interview, I mean, it's so important for you to document all of your treatments. And uh, I guess, didn't you have a sister that like donated plasma? Like, it's such a heartbreaking, but also an inspiring story. Like, yeah, why well, was it important to
1: document it? Honestly, it, the idea to document it wasn't really, it, it was really born of the fact that I was already documenting everything. So, I, had, I, right. I, early on when my girlfriend, now my wife, but when we had sort of gone through this breakup, um, and I had just, I had gone out and bought like a little handy like a little handy cam and um and so it became this ritual because I didn't have like I didn't have her in my life I sort of was like telling my life to this camera and so I was filming the recording of transit I was filming sort of like the last tours on the road with something corporate I was filming the formation of the band and us going on yeah. out as Jack's mannequin for the first time, I just had this thing. And I was like, I, I had this instinct well ahead of being diagnosed to just capture whatever this moment was. It felt like it was important. And it was also like, it gave me some place to download the day. It was like kind of like an early sort of video blog kind of diary. Thing. Right. And, right. Um, and then when I got sick, I gotten just so familiar and so comfortable talking to the camera and 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 documenting my day that I just kept doing, you know. Um and it wasn't really until much later when a, a friend of mine who had visited me in the hospital um called me as I was kind of on the mend and he was like, "You know, I noticed you were filming when you were in the hospital. Did you did you record all of that?" And I was like, "Well, a, a lot of it. And that began the conversation about, well, can I see the tapes and can I do an edit and just sort of try and see about what it's like to put this together? And, and, um, and yeah, and that's, that's kind of how the documentary came to be.
0: So that's good to know. So yeah, obviously it, it wasn't a planned documentary. It was more like a mm-hmm. a di- Dear diary, video vlog, video blog, you know, um,
1: just, yeah, to... all of it was, I filmed the whole thing myself, you know, yeah. it wasn't like, you know, it, other, other than the interviews and sort of, you know, some of the B roll that got captured to kind of tie things together. It was really just snapshots of, of that, that year and a half or so yeah. um, off of my, my handheld camera, oh. my TV cam.
0: Well, I just think, I mean, it's, I'm sure it was extra powerful for all the fans you already had. But then it probably introduced so many other people to your music, too, because that, that, you know, that maybe heard of Jack's Mannequin. But, you know, once they're going through their own cancer struggle, they, right. you know, it brought more fans in. But have you heard any I mean, I shared my, how it touched my family. But, you know, have you heard a tons of I'm sure you get feedback almost every day of people on Instagram or emailing you saying, wow, you helped get me through. You know, do you get all, is that all the time?
1: yeah i mean i think there's just being a public figure who who speaks candidly about yeah. you know a, a a pretty difficult experience there there ends up being like i think a deeper connection with with fans or people that find their way to the music and then you know find out more about my story and i i, I think you know more than anything now it's like people who i you know, we're, we kids when I was starting out and were in my corner when I got sick, you know, when they, you know, when they inevitably find out somebody in their life or they are going through this thing, you know, I become a touchstone in that conversation because they've, they've sort of gone through it with me, you know, and, and certainly through the foundation that we started on the heels of my, my recovery, um, you know, I spent a lot of time talking to patients and survivors and people that we deal with on a daily basis through, through the foundation.
0: It's, it's just great. All, if, when you look back, it, you're going to think about all the lives you've touched with your music and and your real life is <laughs> putting your real life out there. It's, it's amazing. Thanks, um, all right. Well then, I mean, I mean, I kind of said it, your story is so your story is and your music. So autobiographical, they kind of go hand in hand. So like, you know, the early there's something corporate or maybe even the Jack's mannequin of, you know, holiday from real kind of is like, of I've imagined us all like younger. And then it's like going through really heavy stuff, life and death, cancer diagnosis stuff, dear Jack. And, but then, um, but then by the time, uh, you know, you do people and things, but then by the time you do Andrew McMahon in the wilderness uh, in 2014, that first album titled that um, now you're kind of talking about, becoming a father you know and it's Cecilia in the satellite arguably your biggest hit is uh I think you wrote it for your daughter right talk about sort of how that came about
1: well you know look I I think coming out of Jack's mannequin I was just like I wasn't sure what was going to be next I kind of knew I would rep my own name to some extent because I wanted I wanted to build a sort of you know uh uh A a bigger tent for all of this music, you know, so that people knew, well, like if I go to see his show, I'm going to see new songs, but I'm going to see something corporate songs, I'm going to see Jack's Mannequin songs. And I was really trying to figure out what the next thing was. And I did a lot of that by, you know, through collaboration with tons of other writers and producers and and really just trying to find what the next sound was and, and, and look really like what was the thing that was going to motivate me to fire up a third sort of brand and version of my career you know and um and so that was it was a lot of trial and error I mean I think I spent a year in and out of various different studios and writing rooms and meeting with people um and then finally kind of hit my stride with a couple of producers a guy named James Flanagan another guy named Mike Viola and together we sort of wrote and recorded that first album and, and yeah, and stumbled into Cecilia and the satellite, which, you know, it was a couple of weeks before my wife was due. Um And just sort of found myself asking these questions, like, what is it that I'm really like, what would be the most important thing to sort of share with my kid? Um My unborn kid at that point, you know, and, and it really, I think the reason it hit with people is because it, it's it's not really so much about her as it is about this idea of like wanting to care for somebody and, and, and to share, you know, my struggles and, and me and my successes and all the things that led up to meeting her, you know, and say like, but I'm going to be there for you, you know? And so there was this unintentionally broad message baked into it that I think applies to just like, love in general you know and this idea of like really wanting to look out for somebody um and 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 kind of get them get them through whatever it is their life is going to feel them
0: yeah man it's uh there there have been many throughout history great songs by people writing to their unborn almost about to be child yeah I mean, some of the greatest songs ever jim i think jim croce had some i mean yeah oh yeah it goes it goes all the way back but um but yeah oh it's such a sweet song all right well i mean That's is there right. as we're sort of bringing it we're almost full circle now then you know because we we hit tilt at the wind no more at the top of the interview but anything else you want to say about yeah uh, you know zombies on broadway had fire escape mm-hmm. you know upside down flowers i guess is the third under the wilderness title and now tilt the wind no more is your fourth what if if people are let's phrase it this way if people are coming out to the show in silver spring on tuesday you know what what from yeah. that that post Cecilian satellite era between now and then what where should some maybe a new listener drop in like do you have a personal uh uh be like yeah, check this one out? This is like my 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 hidden gem in here.
1: I'm always a, I mean, if you don't know my music, listen to my new listen to the newest record first. You know, I think it's I think there's you know it, I think we're all guilty of this, which is like when we discover a band, we tend to whatever, you know, the record we discover them on, that's the record. You know what I mean? Like right, that's right. and that you know, and and I have to work with that because I know that I'm going to always have fans who are going to be like, no matter what I do, it's going to be like. Well, first record I heard was "Leaving Through the Windows," so "Leaving Through the Windows" my my record, yeah. you know. For yeah, you, yeah. it was everything in transit, you know. Yeah, what yeah, I mean, yeah. like I, I like I took note of when you were like, and arguably, you're most known for Jack's Mannequin. You asked us something corporate fan that they're like, wait, what? Right. Exactly. You asked somebody, you asked exactly. somebody who who got on board during, when they heard Cecilia the in the satellite for the first time. They're like, they're like, wait a minute, what? So exactly, you know, I, yeah. And so to me, it's like listen to the new record. I, I like, I really, yeah. I, I really do think it's, it's, it's some of my best work. And I think, you know, if you find stuff that you connect with in there, then just, then go, go listen to the hits, you know, like go, go on the, the, the playlist that says like, you know, this is whoever, like this is, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and then, and then, you know, that's how I, you know, like, that's how I, I, I got into like Tom Petty and the heartbreakers. I got the greatest hits and I was like, wow, I love this. And I was like, Amazing. okay, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check out Damn the Torpedoes. And then it was like Wildflowers came out and I was like, holy shit, this is my jam, you know. Um, But, you know, I I think, look, I I love pop music. And so I I would argue like my most popular songs, you should listen to those first, you know, find out if you if you if you agree, you know, and then go from there. I love it. I love it.
0: I guess final seconds, you know, how excited are you to come to Silver Spring, D.C. area? I mean, have you played our Fillmore before or just in general? Like, do you always always make a point to stop by the, the D.C.
1: music scene? Always. Yeah, no, I love D.C. I mean, I, I've, I've been coming for years. It's it's always one of the best stops on the tour. And we've done the Fillmore once before, I think. and And I'm excited to to get in there and do it again all right well we're excited to come see you
0: thanks for taking so much time to kind of go th- quickly albeit, but through your whole career i really appreciate it uh, on a sunday again everyone uh, andrew mcmahon coming to the fillmore in silver spring on tuesday november 21st come like he's saying come here some something corpus come here some jack's mannequin come here andrew mcmahon in the wilderness it'll all be his most famous depending when you drop in
1: on it hey i, re- I really appreciate it. i really do thanks man and just you know just side note just sending you and your wife you know